welcome back to Walk the Cinema podcast. Today, we are going to be focusing on some leading ladies of kind of classic Hollywood. We picked three women that we thought really best represented this time in Hollywood. And we're going to go kind of chronological the movies that we picked and kind of when their stardom started to rise. So our first person that we're going to kind of be talking about and the movie that we're going to be talking about is All About Eve starring Betty Davis. So All About Eve is a 1950s um, American drama film um, that was written by Mankiewicz, mm-hmm. the brother of uh, the Citizen Kane Mankiewicz. Yes. So kind this of interesting. Is Joseph Mankiewicz, the brother of Herman. Yes. Both clearly wrote a great movie at one point, because I think this is one of the all-time great movies. Yeah, this movie is actually amazing. I -hmm. really liked it. Um, And we picked Betty Davis as like our first person to kind of focus on is because she is a pretty well-known name in Hollywood. She She was a powerhouse. Ten Oscar nominations for acting is incredible. Yeah, and um, both of the nominations... She had ten nominations, but she only... Um, won two of those mm-hmm. nominations and both of those I think were roles that she did in the 1930s but this movie came out in 1950 so she is a little bit more like aged in Hollywood and this movie is kind of about a, an aging um, Broadway star who is very highly regarded but she's playing roles that are meant for younger actresses mm-hmm. but just aren't as powerful or as as um they don't have as strong of a presence yet. Mm. A lot of the first part of the movie where we don't know if Eve is a villain or not yet is Margot, the Bette Davis character, mm-hmm. being paranoid about her age and being replaced because she's aging. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know if in real life she was also worried about that, but she was the age that she could be replaced by younger stars because Marilyn Monroe was in this movie mm-hmm. and she would go on to be an even bigger star. So it kind of makes sense with like real life mm-hmm. that her age could be an issue from now on. Yeah. And both of the women that are in this movie, we, we, we focused on Betty Davis. Like this is the reason why we chose this movie. Right. But even um, Anne Baxter, who plays Eve Harrington, the younger fan who kind of wiggles her way in mm-hmm. to Margot's life. She is also an incredible presence. Like you, you do kind of believe that she's this naive type of girl at the beginning. And then all of a sudden... She's not. She she's right. evil. She's manipulative and it makes you hate her. Like I had genuine hate towards her. That's why I think this movie works the best without you knowing what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. Because she legitimately passes as a fan. Like she does. Mm-hmm. Only really one person sees through it in the beginning and then she becomes like one of the biggest evil characters in movie history i think she's listed often as a a big antagonist like lists of worst villains in movie history yeah or like best villains like love to hate type villains because she is a very like lovable um like hateful character Mm -hmm. and you do i was cheering during her little kind of downfall moment where it's kind of played back on her but 
I, I really enjoyed that, actually. I was really <laughs> cheering for her, her, her just absolute downfall. But, you know, Betty Davis, I'd say this is probably like a midpoint in her career. She was in her 40s, I believe, at mm-hmm. this point. Um, and she, you know, w- went on to do other movies such as uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Another all-time great, mm-hmm. which was like 10 years after this. Mm-hmm. So longevity yeah i mean i love that movie a lot and i love this one a lot just she's done so many good movies and i mean it shows in her oscar nominations but it's more than that yeah it's the significance that they still hold yeah and she this the movie did win the best picture for uh the year it was nominated and it had i think it was 13 14 nominations something like that but it only won 6 but it did result in two best actress nominations for betty davis and ann baxter and two supporting actress nominations with the women who played um the the friend um who who's the wife of the playwright mm-hmm. i can't remember her karen. name karen yes karen and um also birdie, birdie yeah. who was like her stage or her helper i guess getting Uh ready for she's not there for very long no but she is a noticeable presence yeah which i guess is can get you a nomination we saw that recently with Mm -hmm. the fablesman Mm -hmm. getting a nomination for an actor that's in it for three minutes yeah so i guess it may be you know stage presence i don't know much about thelma ritter to be honest so i don't know what the importance of her was at the time but you know it won Best Picture, like I said, Best Director for Mankiewicz, um, Best Supporting Actor for George Sanders, who played um, the kind of uh, secondary villain, I guess. Mm-hmm. He writes poorly about Margot and, and tries to... He's a critic. He's yeah. the one that actually starts off the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's he's speaking leading up to why we're here for Eve, but also he's so self-important. From the get-go, where he says, I'm a critic, I'm very important to theater, and whatever this man hosting the award is saying, doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. listen to me. So, yeah, he's a villain from the beginning. Yeah, and he is kind of, I think it's kind of interesting that he he won an Oscar for this, which I, I don't think he did poorly, but I just think with all the women that were present in this film, that also got nominated it's funny to me a little Mm. bit that he's the one out of all of these kind of i would say powerhouse performances um that ended up getting an acting win for the movie i think more than the performances i think that the the writing and directing Mm -hmm. were probably the most important aspects even above the performances Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why i mean this is in the 50s right so we don't know what people were thinking but i'm pretty sure that they're more focused on the writing directing here so maybe that's why the women ended up being just nominated and not winning yeah i don't know but i really enjoyed betty davis like she was really captivating to watch and i think that she may not be the most recognizable name i think to the general public Um, I think that she is not necessarily someone people think of when you think of classic Hollywood. Like if you're just asking somebody, I think our next person that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. is usually someone that gets brought up more. Mm. But, you know, um, I think people, when you say her name, they think of the song, the Betty Davis eyes, Mm. which is interesting, but they may not know who she is, but she... 
I'd say very much is a is an icon to Hollywood and she was very important from like the 30s all the way up until the 70s so she she definitely made a name for herself and it's this movie was such a uh, pivotal part I think in her career Mm -hmm. you know and it was really interesting and I really enjoyed this movie I really was not it wasn't on my radar I would say before we started doing kind of our thematic episodes. Um, but I'm glad you suggested it because you're the one that came up with the yeah. idea to do it. It's just, it's a really good movie. It's a really good performance. It's super well directed. It's probably one of the best screenplays in movies. So both of the Mankiewicz <laughs> wrote this and Citizen Kane, two of the best screenplays ever, mm-hmm. period. So talented family i guess and great movie agreed and like you said before uh, marilyn monroe was in this movie she was a very small part where she plays this woman named claudia but she had a screen impact you could see the screen impact that she had sure yeah but it was she wasn't there for very long Mm -mm. she didn't make like a huge impression but she is the next woman that we're going to be talking about which um we chose the movie some like it hot and I would say that, to be fair, I really did not know what the plot line of Some Like It Hot was when we... I didn't either. You know, kind of decided to, to, to do this. And so, I don't know. When I think of Some Like It Hot, I do think of Marilyn Monroe. Right. She's the main figure in the poster. She's kind of the reason people are going to watch this. Maybe mm-hmm. Billy Wilder, right? They're watching all the Billy Wilders or sure. all the, the movies in the 250 lists here and there the sound and whatever lists but yeah i think of monroe when i think of this movie which kind of made me um a little bit confused when she wasn't necessarily the main character so some like it hot uh came out in 1959 it's a crime comedy uh, that was directed written and produced by billy wilder and it stars marilyn monroe tony curtis and jack lemon who Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon, I'd say, are more of the main characters Especially of this Especially Jack Lemmon. Yeah. And that was something that I was kind of shocked by. But I think that this movie was kind of important in terms of, like, this is the movie I do associate Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. with. Like, it is, her name is, like, the top name in the poster. And I, I don't know if this was, like, her breakout role i don't think it was i mean she she was involved in other billy wilder movies and mm-hmm. i don't know she she's one of those figures that i'm i didn't i wasn't there for her uprising yeah so i kind of just assumed she was always there yeah it, she is kind of like an assuming figure. i'd say she is the most popular person that you think of like in terms of the general public of like women in classic Hollywood, like I mean think her of, of that time, you think of who's the most well-known woman, Marilyn Monroe. Well, she did the seventy-year itch a couple years before this with Billy Wilder. Okay, that, so that was probably that was, and that was the moment that you know the lifting skirt. Mm-hmm. That's like an iconic image yeah, of Marilyn Monroe. Sure, I think that the image though is probably more iconic than like the name of the movie. You mm-hmm. know, when I when you ask someone that's a, like, not that big of a fan of movies or doesn't, like, super care about movie history type thing, and they think of a Marilyn Monroe movie, it's some like it hot. I don't think that the seven-year itch really even, like, 
is that big of a name to the general public. I think people look at her as kind of a pop figure more than an actress now. Yeah. Which is untrue. She was in a lot of movies Mm -hmm. in the early 50s to this one in the late 50s. And she she collaborated with Fritz Long, one Mm -hmm. of the best directors of his time. Once he moved to the United States, he collaborated with a lot of big names. And she was one of them, which is, you know, if he picked you to be in his movie, you're an actress. You're not a pop figure. Yeah. So she was an actress. Mm -hmm. But now she's just an icon. Yeah. More than anyone else we could mention. I mean, it's it's one of those names that's just pop culture. Yeah. Like she, she is very entwined with the time. And I think it would have been a disservice had we not picked Marilyn, even though she is kind of like an obvious choice to pick for mm-hmm. like classic Hollywood leading ladies. But I think that Some Like It Hot was a pretty good choice. It was interesting. And um, as soon as we started getting into it, I was like, this is White Chicks. This is the original <laughs> White Chicks, which was kind of funny. Because again, we I don't think either one of us knew exactly what the plot no. line was. Um, but basically it's these two mag- mag- musicians Mm -hmm. um that disguise themselves by dressing um up as women to get away from mafia gangsters Mm -hmm. because they witnessed a crime that they committed so they go on the road with this all women band and they meet marilyn who plays the ukulele i believe and she sings and you know they kind of become friends as women and then you know one of them tries to to Dater. Dater yeah. by, by pretending it. to yeah. be a, a billionaire or a millionaire. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to men- mention White Chicks, obviously, I think this has the same values that makes White Chicks popular mm-hmm. to some people. It's easy to laugh at. It's not serious at all. Mm-hmm. And it's just super easy to understand. It's easy to follow. It's just a, a good time. But I wouldn't say it's an all-time great movie. That's Unf- fair. Which a lot of people do regard it as that. But a lot of people regard white chicks as that, which, I mean, whatever, to your opinion. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> but I do like this. I did laugh. And it's funny. But I think it's too long. I agree. It's what? It was, it was like two hours, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe a little bit more. I don't remember exactly. It was just, it was, just over two hours. Yeah. And I think that's too long to accomplish what it wants to accomplish yeah for a crime comedy where it's more heavily focused on the comedy aspect it's kind of just goofy most of it yeah i think it it does teeter on long um but it did win or it did get six um academy award nominations um and i think it won one or two i think it might have just been one for best costuming design for black and white films Mm -hmm. um the other ones that it got nominated for were Best Director, Best Actor for Jack Lemmon. He's mm-hmm. the only acting nomination. To be fair, he was the best one in it. Um, Marilyn Monroe is fine in it. I don't think she stands out in this as much, again, because she's not the lead necessarily. Right. But, I mean, she never got a nomination overall. She's yeah. just... It's, I don't... it's one of those things where she is so iconic, but she never got, you know, the big recognition i guess for her contributions to hollywood Mm -hmm. you know like she never really was able to and i don't know much about her acting career Mm -hmm. personally i just don't watch a lot of her movies but 
I don't know. I kind of get the impression she wasn't super taken seriously by critics. I think that, yeah, I think that that was kind of like her persona that she wasn't taken very seriously by critics. She was just a, a sex symbol and not a serious actress in a lot of people's lives. And to this day, yeah, it's I mean, of... when they when people think we had the blonde mm-hmm. movie with Anna Darmas and people think that it was more about sexualizing Marilyn Monroe than anything else. Yeah. So it's never going to die, apparently. Yeah. She's always going to be just recognized as a sex symbol by some people. And that's just how it, it is. Yeah. And I think that her... Anything associated with her name becomes really big. And so I think that people like to exploit that nowadays. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you have the Kim Kardashian kind of um, controversy where she wore Marilyn Monroe, Monroe's iconic dress, you know? Mm-hmm. And whether or not that was that should have even been allowed, even if she only wore it for a few seconds and she, you know, went through this rigorous training and diet to get into the dress so that she wouldn't have to alter it. It's still kind of like I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing to It witness. raises a lot of questions. It raises questions of morality, questions of are we interpreting what she was about correctly? Mm-hmm. Because she kind of, that dress, the story, but that dress is that she worked to buy it herself. Yeah. And you know, Kim Kardashian did not do that. So that's a, a morality question that got raised. It's just how we interpret her is very different depending on who you ask. Yeah. But in this movie, she does kind of play a sex symbol. She's at times an object to be looked at by the man that are attracted to her. Mm-hmm. And she does kind of play the... Um, I just want to get married to a rich man type mm-hmm. thing. Like that that's her kind of goal in this movie. Yep. Even though she doesn't end up doing that, she she doesn't care that um Jack Lemon's character isn't rich, that he's a bass player and she is fine with that, you know. I tend to look at this movie as just a fun time and I don't want to analyze it any deeper than that. I'm sorry, not Jack Lemmon's characters. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the t- saxophone player, Tony uh, Tony Curtis. But yeah, like she falls in love with him mm-hmm. and not Jerry. I I think the movie's just funny, a fun time. I don't take it too seriously. Maybe that's why I don't think it's one of the all-time greats. But I think if maybe I took it more seriously, I'd find more issues than praise. Yeah, I agree. It's not my favorite movie, and I'm sure... I think this this might have well have been my first Marilyn Monroe movie. Like I had I've seen other things about her. There was this show um back in like the late 2000s, maybe early 2010s um called Smash that was about <laughs> a musical being made about Marilyn Monroe's life and I learned a lot about her life through that when I was growing up. Even though like I think that you know, she I knew who she was from a very, very early age. I really don't know how. It's just kind of, yeah, she's a pop figure. But um, I had never, like, really watched anything of hers until, you know, pretty recently. So this was my first dip into Marilyn Monroe's, like, acting career. And I will say that I will watch more of her stuff, I think. Oh, for sure. Because they are iconic and they are, you know, I'd, I'd say important to the history of filmmaking, you know? So was this the greatest thing ever? No. Could we have gone with something else that more focused on her? Sure. But I feel like 
this is a good like representation that even though she is not the main character or the main focus she's the reason why people still watch it i think so Uh, like like maybe 75 percent. yeah i'd say and then like billy wilder has some to do with it jack lemon maybe but i'd say that it's it's 90 percent. she's the recognizable figure in this for most people yeah for sure but moving on from this movie Mm -hmm. we're gonna go into maybe my least favorite movie we picked but my favorite actress we picked yes my favorite at least screen present Audrey Hepburn. Yes. And Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes. And I feel like Breakfast at Tiffany's is probably one of, if not her most recognizable films. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think of the song mm-hmm. that I can't think of the name of or who actually sings it, but you know. You the know lyrics the and the, the tune are stuck in your head sometimes. Yeah. And... But this movie came out in 1961 and it's a romantic comedy that was directed by Blake Edwards. And it was, I think, adapted from a novella. But basically, it's about this woman who is a socialite, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or trying to be be a socialite. And, you know, she kind of uses men to get what she wants. And she meets a man that's kind of doing the same thing, kind of. Where he, he uses a particular woman to kind of fund his lifestyle. Right. By keeping her company and stuff. I will give to this movie that it kept me on my toes more than I thought it would. Yeah. This is one of those movies you always hear about, but you never watch, or at least I didn't until now. Yeah, I agree. I've seen a lot of Audrey Hepburn, but just not Breakfast at Tiffany's. And I always think that her presence is so, like... Captivating. It it glues you to the screen. Yeah. Even if the movie's not great. And it did here. Here it did that. But the movie has twists that also kept me guessing Mm -hmm. but then i thought they didn't pay out too great i agree i think that this movie is just kind of okay and i had a lot of bigger expectations for just the the name itself breakfast at tiffany's you know like that is a movie that everybody knows about that like everybody has talked about at some point i had higher expectations and again i did not read a synopsis on this i don't know how in all of my years of watching (laughs) movies and loving audrey hepburn how i've never like seen a synopsis of it so Mm. we went in this like pretty completely blind and i mean it's definitely it's definitely good it's not terrible and it's not a waste of time, but I've definitely seen a lot of Audrey Hepburn that I like more, you know? For, uh, I Roman Holiday, she's really good in that, right? I love Roman Holiday. That one might be my favorite <laughs> of hers. There's Just, another movie of hers that's not really something people recognize, like, oh, that's an Audrey Hepburn movie, Wait Until Dark. Mm-hmm. It's like a thriller where she plays a blind woman. Mm-hmm. And that movie's like super over the top and it kind of overdoes it, but she's, again, so such a big presence that Mm -hmm. that's there so yeah i was expecting maybe more out of breakfast at tiffany's yeah it still had i believe five oscar nominations at the time and it won two for best original song and then best music score for a uh, dramatic or comedy picture but audrey did get a best actress nomination and it was nominated for best screenplay um, and best art direction uh, color. So, I mean, it It could have... I, I agree with most of those nominations. I mean, 
obviously we're not big on um like the academy award nominations of that time but i mean those make sense for me and i feel like audrey hepburn is just such a presence that it she could do anything and you'd probably pay attention to it at least a little bit you know yeah and it's i don't know this is her iconic look. It's the Breakfast at Tiffany's look. Yeah, with her big hat and her sunglasses and the, and the like, black ho- dress. Holding the cigarette yeah. with the little... Like the know. long cigarette holder thing. Yeah, I don't know what that's called. We don't use that anymore, unfortunately. I think we should. If you're going <laughs> to smoke a cigarette, do it in style. Right. Don't smoke, by the way. Mm-hmm. But that's the look. That's Her look in this movie was influential and it was mentioned for so long. I think now it died a little bit. Like, yeah. people don't mention it as much, but up until, like, the 90s, maybe the early 2000s, it was mentioned a lot in pop culture. Yeah, and I think it's it's definitely, like, an iconic movie, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not, that, that there's nothing to Yeah, it's one of those movie that. names where that's a movie. Yeah. Like, you recognize that as being a movie that exists, like yeah. Citizen Kane mm-hmm. and, like, Braveheart. It's a, a movie name that just you recognize as like that's a movie everyone watches Mm -hmm. or like the older generation watch yeah but it does have like some weird things in it that i don't love you know yeah it's it's what keeps you on your toes though it's yeah i suppose so it comes out of nowhere that like oh she's a country girl which makes sense right but it's the way that it happens where her older husband shows up and you're like what the hell's happening right Mm -hmm. now but even i'm not even talking about that i'm talking about like the mr um Oh, what is his name? The Mickey Rooney character. Oh, right. Mr. Yunoshi or something like that. I forgot about that. Yeah. We, we watched this, I guess, long enough that I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. But that's super weird and... Not funny. Like, at all. It's it's just not funny. Like, even if it wasn't a Japanese man playing the role, it still wouldn't be funny because it's just not a funny role to me. Yeah, that was like... It was shocking because, like I said, like, like we said, we didn't really like know what to expect going into this. And so, like, you see... Mickey Rooney playing a Japanese man like in a, a very like yeah like a too. very caricatured version of it and you're kind of like that's weird maybe it has a purpose it doesn't mm-hmm. like at all like really if it was if it was a Japanese man it still wouldn't have a purpose so it's not even like the character is flawed even if you don't think it's racist yeah which at the time less people thought it was racist but it still got criticism yeah which is weird that he didn't see that because i think it was like 2008 the last time he mentioned this on the record Mm -hmm. where he said oh it's a shame that people now think it think it's bad because i only got praise from chinese and japanese people's telling me how funny it was yeah at the time it got criticism and it's just such a weird choice because it's not funny and the director said he wouldn't do it again he said if he could cut it out he would yeah, so it's like that kind of that those little like interludes, I guess, of the of that character was kind kind of threw me off a little bit, and maybe maybe that hindered my enjoyment of it a little bit, and maybe why people don't necessarily talk about it as much anymore. It could be they're definitely out of place, and they just don't contribute. Yeah, and this movie does have a lot of twists. I would say mm-hmm. to a point where it's kind of like any anything else you want to add. Right, but that's kind of what... Because they only start maybe like halfway through the movie. Well, there's smaller twists like yeah. him being a, uh, a male prostitute, whatever he of, is. A, yeah. An escort or something. Sure, but like the big twist I think starts with she's a country girl, her husband's here, but then he kind of just leaves. Yeah. So I'm like, 
okay, the payoff is that she was a country girl, which makes sense to the character. But the whole thing leading to her fu- us finding it out as viewers feels overblown. Empty, yeah. It feels, sure, empty because it doesn't do much after. Yeah, there's no, like, real consequences to us, like, caring about that at all, you know? Where There's it's like, definitely a lot of issues to this movie. And then it's kind of like, oh, he he's very much older than her, but they got married when she was 14, and then, like, he's like, just come home, and I'll take care of you, and I'll take care of your brother. Like, yeah. but Her I'm not brother, gonna, yeah. mentioning her brother, he dies. Yeah. Which is another thing. She throws a fit. Uh, the guy that she's dating, the Brazilian guy, gets confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just... And mentioning the Brazilian guy, she's also dating him because he's rich, which goes back to the Marilyn Monroe character in Some Like It Hot. Yeah, there's a lot of... I was going to mention that kind of towards... While we're wrapping it up, I guess. Um, how much... How many parallels there are between, like, the actresses that played these roles and then, like, the roles that they're playing. So, for example, in Breakfast at Tiffany's, Holly Golightly is her her name that she comes up with. But she's really, you know... Um, a, a country girl that changed her name to try like, Lula May. That's it. Lula May Barnes um, is her real name, and she kind of invents Holly Golightly <laughs> to seem more alluring. I honestly don't understand how that's better than Lula May, but <laughs> Holly Golightly is a very. I'd say that that does sound like special you know <laughs> but it, it kind of sounds country to me i don't know i don't know i feel like lula may does sound worse lula but, may definitely sounds country. but you know the same type of thing in happened in all about eve where, where eve harrington isn't who she says she is you know like she says that she was she got married and um you know worked in like a a, a, a factory with her family or something. But um, Addison DeWitt kind of exposes her and says that that's not all true, you know? Mm -hmm. And she basically, it's the same type of thing where they've kind of reinvented their themselves. And for Eve, it was kind of more malicious, I suppose. Right. Because she's trying to... She's not necessarily trying to find a rich man. Yeah, she's like overtaking yeah. somebody else's life, kind of, or trying to whittle her way into... Well, she tries to take her fiancé, boyfriend at the time, so... Yeah, she tries to take everybody's fiancé, boyfriend, husband, <laughs> you know? She's, she tries to ruin many marriages, if right. Harrington does. But with um, Holly Golightly, it's more... She changes herself so that she, she herself can, you know, change... Kind of like she's trying to get a better life for herself, not necessarily trying to hurt people, even though, you know, using some man for his money is mm-hmm. not, not well, great. <laughs> she fully planned to give them the wife experience. So no harm, no foul. No, she definitely like was planning, like, I'll be the best wife that they have. Yeah. Like, I'm not about to to lose this opportunity type thing. Right. Like she was going to when she was going to move to Brazil, she was going to learn Portuguese and right. do her best to kind of. But it, it is it is kind of using the same plot elements to have the woman that's only interested about money dating the guy that doesn't have money at the end. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of parallels like Marilyn Mon- Monroe's life. Like that's not her name. 
Marilyn right. Monroe isn't her name. It is Norma Jean, kind of like Lula May, you know, where mm-hmm. she, you know, uh, Marilyn Monroe had was in foster homes and orphanages, and she married really young to, to, you know, get out of that situation and um, started working as like a pinup model, you know, and then tried to whittle her way into a movie career. So, and I, I have no idea if Marilyn Monroe was a good person or not. You never know? matter. Never matter. Never, you know, she died pretty young. She's only 36. Like didn't even get to experience a lot of those life milestones, but it's kind of the same type of deal. And I think that a lot of people glamorize this lifestyle or this type of like I mean they are the definition thing. of glamour I mean yeah. they that's what they wanted to interpret on screen yeah so it makes sense that people maybe fall for it yeah as an olden trap that was laid by a different generation but I don't know if you actually watch the movies maybe you have a different opinion of what you should glamorize yeah I don't more know. than more than just remembering them as pinups, yeah, and actual, actual talking heads that. I just think it's interesting, and I I just remember very recently reading a book um, that's pretty popular now. I feel like a lot of people have have read it. It's the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That's gonna get a, a Netflix adaptation soon. So if you come back to this episode in yeah, some months, yeah, maybe we'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna make more sense. But um, it's a book that. Uh, is basically a a story about Evelyn Hugo, who is an old Hollywood star, and her life very par- parallels a lot of like old Hollywood actresses. I mean, yeah, she, it has to be based yeah, on them. Where she changes her name and you know marries her like next door neighbor to get out of poverty type thing and to get her away and stuff, and then dumps him, and then she she uses men strategically to mm-hmm. get the things that she wants, and you know. She was good enough that she did get nominated for Academy Awards in this book. And it's it it's parallels Audrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe, Elizabeth Taylor, mm-hmm. um, Catherine Hepburn. There's a lot of women that we could have picked a to talk about. A lot of iconic about. women at the time, for sure. And, you know, we just ended up choosing these women because, we you know, we think that they're a good representation of kind of a wide variety of... of movies and time periods because you know audrey hepburn is more i'd I'd say she's more late 50s or into the 60s whereas betty davis was you know in the 30s into the 50s type of thing like she still had like a pretty wide career and then marilyn i'd say is pretty much 50s early 50s until just yeah i mean in terms of the the women we pick makes sense if you disagree you could tell us but it's definitely I think that these are a good representation. Yeah, and they're they're all powerful screen figures, Mm -hmm. which is what matters, I guess, to the cinephiles, right? Yeah, because... Audrey Hepburn is just super captivating. I'll watch any movie with her, even if it's crap, because I think she makes every movie better. Yeah. Legitimately. We watched one that I'd say we generally did not like, and it was called Funny face oh yeah that movie sucks yeah I'm gonna be <laughs> but she's but good she's in it she's good it's just everything else about it is like not good i don't know i don't think it's really well praised 
but it was a it was a musical that had um, Fred Austere in I, it as I the main lead. I'm just gonna have to be honest with myself and reach a conclusion. I just don't like Fred Astaire's movies. Yeah, that's fair. That might be fair enough to say. <laughs> like Fred Astaire has a lot of movies and they're important in his time, but. There's a reason no one tries to copy what Fred Astaire did. Yeah, and I feel like even though I, I think that Fred Astaire at the time of Funny Face might have been a bigger name than Audrey Hepburn, or at least had a bigger, like, history, you know? Because he's a lot, I think he is a lot older than her. Yeah, I mean, they always were. <laughs> the men were always a lot older than the women. But Audrey is still the one that I think of when I think of funny face even though i don't like it (laughs) but i think it's funny huh get it funny face because they say that she has a funny face in the movie and i'm like like a librarian or something yeah and i'm like if you think audrey hepburn is has a funny face like if you want me to sit here and believe that you think audrey hepburn has an odd looking face Mm -hmm. in like a quirky kind of way like you're you're lying you're lying to yourself um it's definitely like not it, it wasn't like her earliest movie i think the one movie that she became really big in was um, Roman Holiday. I think that's right. the one With that, another like, man that was way older than her. Right. But Roman Holiday, <laughs> I could talk for endless amounts of hours about Roman Holiday. Different episode, though. And how much I loved it. For sure. I, I'm not going to sit <laughs> here and talk about it, but it is like... I'd say something that just made me fall in love with Audrey Hepburn. And, you know... It wasn't the first movie I had seen of her, but it definitely was the movie where I was like, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get why she's iconic. Because, you know, I think that Audrey Hepburn is a big name. And it's a name that a lot of people think of when they think of classic Hollywood movies. But again, I think they might think of her as a pinup, as the girl with the sunglasses and the black dress holding a cigarette more than a serious actress. Which I think Betty Davis is the only one here that was like, you can look back and be like, that's a, a very serious actress. Mm. While you, like, she wasn't a sex symbol, really. Mm-hmm. While you can look at the other two and just, if you're not into movies, just think of them as figures. Sure. And I'd say even, even like a non movie watcher, for example, like when I was in my early teenhood, um, I had no idea who Betty Davis was. I had no idea who Audrey Hepburn was. I feel like I had vague mentionings of audrey hepburn but didn't have any clue of what she did or like what movie she was in or if she was even a movie star or if she was a singer right you know yeah it's one of those things yeah so i think that once you get into movies it's very clear that audrey hepburn is like a big name to Mm -hmm. movie making in general but i think for like the general public like marilyn monroe is always going to be the number one person that you think of but even still even when um even even knowing her name i would always get confused if she did movies or if she did music like if she was a singer or if she was like a model or Mm -hmm. which she was yeah but it's and it's different because like she did she did like the 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 presidential happy birthday song so i think that that that's like mm. something we kind of talk about in in yeah. history class. She drove men crazy. Yeah, the, one of the best thing. baseball players of all time couldn't handle not having her. I mean, there's yeah, it, she did build her figure on being a she did build her whole persona on being a sex symbol. I think, I mean, she's not a blonde, so mm-hmm. that was a, a choice that was made to be more appealing physically. 
Yeah. But I think there there was good to her and not just objectifying herself. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like we've, we've beat the dead horse into the ground where she is like an icon. You know? Yeah. And they're I, all icons, I'd say. Yeah, they're all icons. The movies are all fun. Yeah, and I'd say we can, like, kind of... We didn't give our ratings for them, so I think we can kind of, like, you know, go over Yeah, let's wrap it up with it, yeah. So for All About Eve, I gave this a 9 out of 10. I think it kind of um, drags a little bit in the middle where I'm not, like, as completely captivated, where it's kind of at the point where I feel like I knew that Eve was um, evil Mm -hmm. And that she was doing these things on purpose, but the I mean, yeah. but the movie was still kind of ba- being coy about it. Like, oh, she's just she's just a fan. She's she <laughs> didn't know that she was gonna upset you, and you're you're Margot Channing. Like this this is just how you react to things. But I think I give it a ten out of ten. But I think that you can look at that mm-hmm. as like you're sharing the frustration that Margot is. Sure. Instead sure. of like, oh, I think obviously she's the villain. You could just be like, yeah, she's the villain. And I'm sharing the same frustration, especially on a rewatch. Definitely, you can't be surprised by it. Right. So you gotta just share in her pain. Yeah. And hate Eve as much as she did. She is. Yeah. And I mean, I it definitely could be a ten out of ten on a rewatch. You know how I give my tens. I have to like think about mm-hmm. it sometimes. Sometimes I have to rewatch it. Sometimes... Yeah, this is a movie that wasn't streaming on anything we own. Yeah. So, so shout out to our local library. Yeah, library <laughs> pulling through on this, but also like the accessibility is low. Is yeah. low right now for us at least. So yeah, go to your library. Yeah. They're stacked. I got like movie. I got a movie there released by Kino Lorber, which. Blu-ray collectors will know, but it has like 200 ratings on Letterboxd and the library just had it on Blu-ray and I just grabbed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go to your library, find good movies there. Yeah. And that books. Would, yeah. But All About Eve was great and I'm really glad that we watched it and I would, I will recommend this to, to people that Definitely. I know haven't seen it. And you know, we probably would have gotten to it eventually because I mean, at some point, I'm pretty sure we wanted to go through all of the Academy Award like best picture winners just to see them. I mean, everyone kind of does that when they right. you know, get into movies. So definitely on our list. So we would have gotten to it eventually, but I'm really glad that we watched it now and I will be watching it again. Yes, 100%. I mean, it's yeah. so good. It, it's really good. Again, I will double down and say it's one of the best screenplays of all time. For sure. If not one of the best movies of all time, which I also think it is, the screenplay is so good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 100%. But, yeah, the other two movies, the ones I wouldn't recommend to people. Not because I think they're bad. I, again, I gave something like a hot 8 out of 10. I gave it a it's 7 a, It's a 10. low 8 out of 10. I think it's funny, and I think it's fun, and I think if my brain is turned off, which I, I know is a joke, but if my brain is turned off, I enjoy it just for the jokes and not anything more serious. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a fun movie. It's just a fun time. And if you're a fan of white chicks, <laughs> like I am, I love white chicks. I haven't seen it in a really long time, but it left a lasting impression on me when I was six, seven, eight. You know, I was pretty young when I saw it. I mean, the Terra Cruz memes are still alive and well. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of nice to see this the the source material, and it wasn't something I was expecting at the time to see because, like like we said, just didn't really look into like the plot line of it. No, but... that was kind of the point. It was the point of the episode was trying to to think of the women of the time, mm-hmm. and then what came to mind, we'd pick 
the movie of theirs that came to mind. Yeah. Because they're trying to talk about the representation they had and not necessarily how good an actress they were, how good the movie was. Mm-hmm. Or we're just thinking, who do I think of immediately? Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Which movie do I think of? Some Like It Hot Some was like my hot. immediate so, reaction. Boom. That's why we talk about Some Like It Hot and didn't try to look into it more. Yeah. I and like it, it, you know, it paid off a little bit. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say... I'd say I'd, I'd tell people to watch this if they're trying to watch, like, all the Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder the... has a lot better movies. Yeah. Like, legitimately, like, even if I gave this an 8 out of 10, which is a higher rating, he has better movies. We watched The Apartment right after mm-hmm. because we still had a lot of the night going on, so we just put it on. And I just, that was just so much better. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I would recommend it to people that want to complete, like, a Billy Wilder or if they want to see all the, the Marilyn Monroe, right. like, movies. It's not a bad, it's not a bad film. I just wouldn't tell people to expect a lot out of it. Yeah, but it's, it's no, it's it's no double indemnity or Sunset Boulevard for sure, but it's still very good. And then for Breakfast at Tiffany's, I wanted to like it more than I did. And this also got a seven out of 10 for me. Yeah, for me too. It just, it was okay. And I think the expectations (laughs) kind of killed it for us. It definitely did because I've seen... Audrey Hepburn movies, which I love. Yeah, it's what I'm saying. I, th- I thought this would be the Audrey Hepburn, and it's just not. And I think maybe that kind of hit me wrong yeah, at the time. Yeah, I think so. Of course, I still think the movie's good, but it has too many issues for me to love. And it's not on Audrey. No, because she still does an amazing job, and I think that she still captivates the screen. And that's enjoyable to watch. But yeah, I think that when I thought about this movie, I, I thought, like, this is going to be her best role, and it really wasn't for me. I've seen her in, you know, we've seen her in Charade. And I've seen and, a lot of people say, like, oh, I love Breakfast at Infinite. Imagine how good it could be if it wasn't racist. So right. <laughs> that also would immediately kind of kill it for me because I, those segments are just not funny they're not funny and they're kind of they kind of bum me out a little bit they kind of make me cringe like uh what are you thinking so that would immediately kind of kill it yeah but there's other things i just think it kind of does too much yeah with it but there's a lot of moments that are enjoyable and it's the moments that audrey's on screen doing her thing but I do get a, a little frustrated now when I see comments or like reviews of like she didn't even have breakfast at Tiffany's. It's she like did. that's literally it's, the first like sequence. It's how it opens. She's eating like a croissant outside of Tiffany. Yeah, looking at like, looking at the window, you know, like, like she's she's definitely there. She's definitely like she's, having breakfast at Tiffany's. It, it immediately starts with like implying that even at breakfast she's thinking about the glorious life she could have if she had the money. Yeah. That's the point, I think, of the opening scene. She's mm-hmm. eating her food, starting her day, immediately thinking, if I married a rich man, I could be inside of the store. Instead of, like, eating a croissant outside of the store. So, yeah. if you missed her having breakfast at Tiffany's, it's out right outside of Tiffany's. She's, she's doing it. She <laughs> definitely had the breakfast. But I think that that's pretty much all that we had for this episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a comment, and, you know, just follow our journey as we do more thematic episodes. So we will see you guys next time.